0: Hollywell Trust podcast presented by Rashi O'Hagan and Jared Dean.
1: So welcome to your Hollywell podcast special about the Hollywell Stew project. And the first event which took place on the twenty fourth of May. My name is Jared Dean, and I'm joined by
2: Rashi O'Hagan. So Jared, tell us how does it work? How does the Hollywell Stew event? How does it work?
1: The process was that we put this out. We advertised. Widely, locally, within the local community, we asked for projects They put themselves forward that were interested in pitching at these events. And we had 12 spaces because we are four projects pitching at each dinner, and we are having three dinners. And quite miraculously, we got 12 projects coming forward. So anybody put themselves Brilliant. forward, got selected. And the first thing that we did was rather than expect people to come along and come in and talk blind and have a good stab at doing something. We give a wee bit of pitch and support through a workshop that was delivered by Becca Bauer from the Young Foundation. And that was really useful in helping the groups to hone their message because the format is quite strict. We based this project on the Detroit soup model. So we've taken their format and kind of adapted it for dairy needs. Um, And the only difference that was really made is that in Detroit, people bring the dinner with them and then pay an entry fee. So it's a bit of a potluck dinner and everyone shares it. We provide the food and just ask people to pay an entry fee. So it takes the pressure off people making a dinner. It also takes pressure off me panicking in case anybody gets food poisoning.
2: So how did you prepare them then? How were the groups helped
1: in their preparation? So we did an afternoon workshop where we asked them to pitch and then we gave them a wee bit of information and we honed the pitch over a number of attempts. But the message essentially to the groups says, It's about you. You're not allowed to use PowerPoints. You're not allowed to use visual aids, if you like. So if you're standing up in front of a room of people for four minutes, you have to be able to engage with them. And the way that you engage with them is to tell your personal story, where you're involved, what difference you hope to make to local people. And that's what turned out. Each of the groups was really, really good at uh, sharing their story and making the pitch. And it was delighted with the quality of the work that they put on it. They really, everybody was fully committed and made a really good effort at it, and it came across on the night.
2: Pitches were very good quality, so Mm. they were excellent. Did you have many actually turn up to the event that evening?
1: Aye, we did. We had 55 people came, and we were delighted with that. There was even a frustration around that. I suppose was two days to go to the event, we had 24 people registered, so we were kind of panicking. We didn't know whether to order food for... 30 or whatever so Hmm. in the end we ordered food for 50 and the expectation that we would double the number over the last couple of days um and we were nearly accurate because what we find is people don't register and it makes it really difficult for us to provide the food yeah so uh we had the situation that we had to turn people away and we don't like doing that we never like turning Mm. people away and we had to turn a group of nine people away Simply because they hadn't registered and we couldn't feed them, and it would kind of defeat the purpose, come to a community dinner.
2: You know. Yeah, and then not, <laughs> not be yeah. able to yeah. get anything. <laughs> so it's important people book their place then? It
1: really is. Mm. And it, and it's a simple catering thing. Because yeah. we can cater for up to about 65 to 70 people at a push, mm-hmm. but we just need to know where you're coming. Yeah. And the more the merrier. The atmosphere on the night was lovely, mm. it was really generous. People were engaging and engaged both with the people that were pitching and everybody else that was around their table as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was it was really good. Yeah, really, no, really it good.
2: was. It was a really nice atmosphere around it. Really, It was just lovely, very sociable. And, and there was also a lot of new faces there, Aye. which was brilliant for us. It was really good. Mm. And
1: on the back of it, we already have a wait list of five other organisations that want to pitch at future Stew events. Because oh, we do already have two or stew events coming up on the 14th and 28th of June with mm. the groups that we've already identified, but yeah. five other groups have already come mm. forward and said, "Please consider us Brilliant. for the future as so well." So there's
2: potential already for future events. Oh, this mm.
1: project's going to run. I think, yeah. whether well or not, we wanted it they. Mm. <laughs> it's just hasty because yeah. there's demand for it, and I think the demand comes from the format's really good. But what people want to do is this local community action and this is yeah. a really simple way of doing it and it's yes. just, you
2: can enjoy yourself it's about mm, a crack yeah, as well yeah no, it's very enjoyable so Jared, who were the groups on the night that actually pitched
1: well first up we had Jackie Lowry from Pink Ladies Project Jackie was followed by Donna Logue from La Dolce Vida we then had Sinead McKeever from Lego Dairy and the final pitcher of the evening was the only male of the night was Joe Thompson from Extern
0: this podcast is funded by the Central Good Relations Fund, the Reconciliation Fund of the Department of Foreign Affairs, and co-funded by the Derry City and Turban District Council and the Community Relations Council.
1: Delighted to welcome Jackie Lockhart from Pink Ladies, and just to let you know, here, Jackie. Jackie knows this, but it's a quick reminder. This is a strict four minutes, so there'll be a big alarm and you know? all goes off.
3: Hello everybody, my name is Jackie Lockery and I'm delighted to be here because this gives me a great opportunity to tell you about my project. The project is called Learn More, Use Less and it is a guide to reducing your risk to everyday environmental toxins. So where did this come from? Two years ago I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I joined the Pink Ladies, the wonderful Pink Ladies uh, Cancer Prevent Group. And through their education program, it got me thinking about what could I have done, if anything, to have reduced my risk to cancer? Can I just ask a question? Of all the money that has been raised for cancer research and diagnosis and awareness, how much do you believe is spent on prevention? Does anybody want to guess? 3% of the national cancer budget is spent on prevention. Now, we all know about lifestyle choices. We know what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat, what we should drink, etc. But did you know that you are affected by the environment? It has an impact on us. And that's something that we don't have any choice about. The World Health Organization recently ran a report that said many synthetic chemicals untested for their hormone-disrupting effects could have significant health impacts for future generations. So what do I mean about chemicals? What am I talking about? The, the chairs that we're sitting on, the clothes we wear, the food that we eat, the packaging, the skin care, all of that, all of that has chemicals in there. And a lot of them are very damaging. So, how do you make the change? Well, the good news is, I have done the research. I have done the research and I know what to look out for with ingredients and I want to be able to share that awareness and that is what my project is about. For example, I do not drink out of plastic bottles anymore. There's a chemical in there that is going to mimic oestrogen in my body and I don't need that because I'm a recovery of breast cancer. So instead, I'm going to drink out of a glass bottle and I'm going to teach other people to drink out of glass bottles or, synthet- or uh, stainless steel bottles, anything but plastic bottles. Did you know that organic food is coming down in price? I can pick up an organic broccoli head in Tesco for £1 versus one point forty for a non-organic. So I will pick up organic when I can. I will use a deodorant that doesn't have aluminium on it. Because aluminium deodorants... And the aluminium in that is bad for my health. All of these things I have researched. And ultimately, if I am successful tonight, what I want to do is to continue to deliver this awareness program. Not just for me, this is for prevention for future generations. Ultimately, I need to get across this message in schools in mother and toddler groups. I've already run some of these courses in call at the mother and toddler group and in the uh, Bogside and Brandywell initiative. I have done all of that. The feedback was absolutely fantastic. If I am successful, that's what I want to do to extend this project and run workshops. Thank you so much for listening to me and I hope you vote for me today. Thank you. (laughs)
1: Brilliant! Thank you very much. Okay, as I mentioned at the start of the, the project or the process here, there's space for four questions. Is there anybody with a burning question? It's you're the investors. Jackie's looking for your money. Has anybody a question for?
3: Her? Are the sun creams the sun um, creams we use safe? Um, the chemical sun creams, yes, they contain um, a, what they call a hormone-disrupting chemical. Um, It's one of the creams that you actually put on your body and that you don't wash off. Um, So there is an alternative in terms of a mineral um, sun cream that you can use that does not have chemicals that is going to affect your hormones. Yes, there are.
1: Well, Jackie, I just wanted to ask about toothpaste, given there's a lot of discussion around toothpaste and because because of the fact of where, you know, the gums direct access to the system as well. So uh, maybe you could uh, give us a bit of feedback on that.
3: Toothpaste isn't one of the areas that I have significantly looked at, I have to be honest with you. Um, There's a whole debate about fluoride that I did not get into. So I have to be honest with you and say that I didn't research anything about the toothpastes. I'll tell you about makeups and cosmetics. There is a fantastic new app that has been developed by a Canadian girl. It's called, believe it or not, Think Dirty. Right, so you have an app on your phone that is absolutely brilliant for for young children and, and and kids who are wearing makeup a lot and stuff. Now, it will allow you to scan the barcode of an ingredient, and it will tell you in market out of ten if it's a dirty ingredient with chemicals in it, and what it will affect. Will it affect your reproduction system? Will it affect your hormones? Whatever. It also gives you a great um, link to an alternative product that doesn't contain the chemicals, so if you wanted to select a different one, the only thing is it's linked to um, Amazon linked to Amazon USA and it doesn't cover a wide lot of UK products but hey ho, that's my next project I can get somebody to develop an app that has the UK connections with it, would be absolutely fantastic
1: Andy a couple of £100 fair play
3: <laughs> thank you Jackie
1: Okay, our second pitcher, Donna.
4: Donna Lowe from the Dolce Vita. Hello and thank you for taking the time to be here with us all tonight and welcome to all the charities that's coming here to pitch. So I wish you all the best of luck. Well, I'm Donna, the founder of the Dolce Vita Project, I set it up in 2016 from my bedroom and in the 3rd of June we opened this, our premises in Queen Street. I ha- now have a team of 17 people behind us, supporting people throughout Northern Ireland affected by domestic abuse. Through my own journey, it had a massive impact on my mental health. On the 3rd of June 2013, I tried to end my life because domestic abuse had overtook my life. 37 incidents, 52 reports to the police, and I still felt trapped. The council became me. I went through a journey for 18 months, and I'm still on that journey coming up in four years. But it's been the best, the most empowering experience of my life. I then decided to put a video out, giving people hope, they believe in themselves, they know that there was a way out. Overnight we had 400 people on the page looking for advice and guidance and there was only one of me. So put together the team, we've got court support, telephone support, online support, counseling support, listening here, home services, safety planning. We're also involved in a campaign launch They have the legislation changed for those mothers and fathers that are left living without their children as a result of domestic violence. We have recently met with the Attorney General and there will be an announcement being made very soon regarding another project that we are involved in. Domestic abuse has had 29,166 incidents recorded this year by the PSNI. One of four families affected... Within our services, we have seen 124 people go through counselling, 144 attend workshops, and over 3,000 people throughout the social media being supported. We've seen groups of people coming together who are now supporting each other. A walking group started, trips to Mount Ericle, <coughs> Family Fund Day, Vida's Talent Night, bringing thousands of people throughout Northern Ireland awareness on domestic <coughs> abuse. One of our service users, an amazing lady, came up with this idea. Sometimes people are so afraid to speak. They can't. But they still want to express themselves. They still want to get their messages out there. She came onto our premises with an amazing piece of art. And little did I know what was behind that. Because behind that drawing was all her words, her feelings... Expressing herself of how she felt throughout her own journey. And over the top of it was this beautiful picture of a lady, showing her what how she described it was this person could see it from everybody's view, was looking at the world from everybody's view, and that's what the Dolce Vita project was about. She came up with the idea that if we we're able to get a group of people together to express their feelings through the art project. Bringing workshops together throughout the year to be able to put down on these canvases their feelings and putting them out there. These canvases then will go up for auction. All the messages of hope that people's painting in these paintings, we will then display them throughout. We will the, the, through the money we raised through the auction, we will then put them throughout the city of Derry. Given all our people <laughs> please let me finish up about two legs two <laughs> legs. Oh, no. oh, no. I warned him before he came up here that I've been practicing and couldn't get it under four minutes. The artwork then will be displayed throughout various points of our city for people still remaining in those abusive relationships, giving them a message of hope that life can be good again. Life can be changed and your voice is your freedom.
1: Donna, Donna. Right, investors, four questions.
2: Hi, Donna. I was actually a victim of domestic abuse to a certain extent for three and a half years. But the thing about it is he never laid his hand on me. It was all verbal, nothing. He never, ever hit me. Whenever I went to report that, I was told that wasn't a form of domestic violence because he never laid a hand on me, but it left me... I almost lost my life on a few occasions because of it, so if I went to the doctor, you have actually been recommended to me by someone, what exactly could you do in that form of situation?
4: Thank you for sharing that, because it takes quite a lot of courage to even admit that you've been in a domestic abusive relationship, so thank you. Uh, What we would do would bring you in for an assessment. And we'll just go through what has actually happened with you and where you are within your own life and what support you would need to improve your mental health through your confidence, self-esteem. Perhaps it wouldn't, you wouldn't need to go on to the counselling service. Maybe it would be better, if it accommodates you better, that you have one of our support workers to maybe come up with a plan that supported you during the home, that if you're having difficulties within the home or if your mental health is impacting on you as well, you can attend the various different workshops that we provide. In that, uh, It is, while important, to highlight that 76% of our service users over the past year Have said to us they didn't realise they were in an abusive relationship until they were hit. And a lot of those people were uh, going through emotional and mental abuse for years before they even realised what it was.
1: Thank you for sharing as well. Very brave. Anybody with a specific question about the project?
4: Don, I think your project sounds great. What is it then? How would you spend the money is my question. What would you do? The money only been used to buy the canvases, the paints and everything that we need for the women and men to come in and to do the expressions of themselves and then just to get them like, covered and protected so when they are displayed outside that they don't get well or beaten, basically. <laughs> we, we work with the grandparents, the people that's fostering children as well. It's been impacted by domestic abuse because it has a ripple effect. It doesn't just impact on the victim, it'll be her family, her extended family. Our friends, neighbours, work colleagues, it just does an impact on the victim. So that's why we support the wide range.
1: Um, so I'm not sure if you've researched this, but what do you think um, prescription drugs would have an effect on breaking down of relationships between men and women? And
4: well, unfortunately, a lot of people will be on prescription drugs. The people that suffer from anxiety, depression, post-trauma stress is because of the impact of domestic abuse... Sometimes it can keep them in a state where they they then come dependent within, within the drugs. But if there's heavy drug use, sometimes the physical abuse can become more. Or they will victims will use excuses uh, that it's because they're drinking, or they will be better tomorrow. It only happens when they're drinking, or they were they had a binge there, or they were on drugs. So it nearly becomes an excuse rather than looking at the problem. So there will be multiple problems. It won't be just the abuse. There will be multiple problems that the person will come with regarding their mental health. So. Well,
1: thank you. Well done.
0: You <laughs> Fancy a different kind of night out? For the small price of £10, you can attend our second hollywell Street. On the night, you can enjoy a meal, listen to the pitches of four community action groups, and the group with the most votes will walk away with the full amount collected at the door. Tickets can be purchased at reception at Hollywell Trust Diverse City Community Partnership Building in Bishop Street, or online through Eventbit. Feel free as well to bring a bottle of refreshment of your choice. Hollywell Stewie, this Wednesday, June 14th, supporting community action in the city. I think you should getting a sense of the project, is
1: a it- a whole mix of projects here, hence the name Stu. Sinead, good luck day.
5: Hello everyone, um, thank you for coming tonight. Um, so my project is called Lego Dairy, and basically it's a pretty simple project and it does what it says in the tin. Um, well, the tagline is building peace with Lego. So the idea of that, is, so we're trying to build peace by bringing children together from both sides of the community. Um, to go on a trip to Legoland. <coughs> um, I think, like, it really is important to teach our wins the value and the importance of tolerance, equality and peace. And <coughs> what better way to do it than through a fun trip to Legoland? Um, so, yeah, uh, basically... I think like everybody in this room probably realizes the effects that like, lack of tolerance and lack of equality has on society and has just on the individual, their mental health and their, their life. Basically, it's, it's, it's no life growing up through sectarianism and bitterness and war. So we don't, have, we don't want our children to have to suffer through that the way previous generations have. Um, And I think that it is true, it sounds cheesy, but children are the future. And um, if we take care of the present, the future will take care of itself. So if we do invest now in um, cross-community, we can build peace with Lego. Um, So (coughs) what has actually inspired me more than anything to do this project is the actual children themselves who uh, are going to go on this trip. Uh, So, basically, my idea for this trip came from this building um, where there was a cross-community meeting, and Jeanette was just telling me about all the amazing work. Jeanette's the leader of the Cathedral Youth Club, that the two youth clubs were doing um, to build cross-community relations. Um, So, they're always doing activities, trips, all this. But something that really, like, stuck out to me and I found really inspiring... Was that these wins, um Well, to begin with, at first they didn't get on. It took them a while to actually approach each other, to even speak to each other. But now they're all best of friends. But another thing is that there's a few wins in these youth, these this youth, these youth clubs, with disabilities. Um, but what what I find absolutely wonderful and inspiring was that these children all really. Uh, Fought for the rights of their friends who had disabilities. So, for example, they went on a trip to London, and there was one museum wasn't wheelchair accessible, and they they had to like meet the manager and be like, "Well, hold on, why isn't why isn't it wheelchair accessible? Why is why is he not? Why is he different?" So they eventually did get him in, and not only that, they were up in storming, um, questioning politicians, being like, "You know, why is there no?" Uh, sports facilities and dairies all all this kind of thing for people with disabilities. So um I just find this absolutely amazing and just like well if they're prepared to fight for equality um uh, for their friends with disabilities whether they're Catholic or Protestant then we should fight for them to you know like uh have a good life as well. So the thing is dairies always been known for the war and the violence. But now I think um, Darius is going to be known for building bridges and building peace with Lego. Thank you.
1: Well done. With five seconds to spare. <laughs> First questions?
4: You were saying about your trip, is that for the summer with children that
5: you using on here? The trip is uh it's for children who go to the Pennyburn Youth Club and the Cathedral Youth Club, so it's sort of the two sides of the community um but we're actually already raising money as well um through a band night that'll be on uh, late June um we're also making a documentary and um a wee booklet of local artists and uh, Writers, so uh, if you look up Lego Dairy on Facebook, you'll see all the stuff that's happening if anyone's interested.
1: Well done tonight, thank you very much.
6: I'm the handsome male contingent for this evening, (laughs) as you can see. Uh, Look, thanks for allowing me to speak here this evening, and first of all, thank you for the three that pitched before me, All, all very good, and they set the standard very high which I will no doubt fail to reach. Uh, I have notes here, but I don't even know that going to use them. Uh, I work for Extern. Extern uh, is a charity. We work with children and young people uh, across, not just in the city here, but across Northern Ireland and in Republic of Ireland as well. Extern have been working with children and young people for almost 40 years. This is actually our 39th year, and we have always been quite innovative and Try to find interesting ways to engage young people and to make a difference in their lives. Uh, recently, we have sort of tallied up, in the last year, we've worked with 500 young people in this city alone, and we've tried to do different things with them, and we've done creative writing workshops on here with the good Eamon Baker down there in the corner. Uh, we've an allotment going where we've sort of encouraged them to grow vegetables, and we've done music workshops with them as well. But then we looked at that group of young people and we had some that were approaching 18 and at that time they were sort of leaving us and we felt that we were losing a vast pool of potential there. So we put together a programme and we called it Young Graduates Programme and we had 15 young people who have just about completed uh, an OCN qualification in peer leadership and they are now moving on towards becoming peer mentors and working with the younger young people that we work with. Uh, that's for them. That was a big thing because for a lot of our young people, academic qualifications are something they're going to be lacking, uh, and that's an unfortunate nature of so the, what we work with. So we wanted to help those young people continue on that journey and develop their skills and hopefully give them more skills. So this is where sort of this project comes in now. Uh, whenever I was sort of growing up and reaching seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, I had the benefit of. A mother who taught me how to make very simple meals and how to bake, and I know don't look like Jimmy Oliver, but I can bake. Uh, I make a really good cheesecake, by the way, but it's not—I don't know what's for dessert tonight, but it's not going to be as good as my cheesecake. Um, and sort of, I had a father who sort of went through—well, he tried to teach me very basic sort of financial things, how to manage a bank account, and at the end, it was all about checks and all this. But that's obviously different now. But a lot of our young people don't have that. They don't have those people that will give them those very basic skills that they need to survive when they're living on their own. So what we want to do is we want to take uh, that group of 15 young people and give them a series of workshops where we will teach them how to make simple meals. We will discuss nutrition with them and diet and those simple budgeting things that we all struggle with now, even more so now. Part of that also will be that we will give them... uh, accredited training in food hygiene, and barista training. So that, again, it increases their employability. Now, what we want the money for is, we've already uh, acquired the use of a training kitchen that's been given us by Apex. So what we want the money for is to buy the ingredients so that we can cook a meal. So we don't just give them the theory. We actually give the practical of cooking a meal, which then we will share at the end of each session. Because when you have, like tonight, when you have a communal meal, Obviously, that's when the learning happens. So I think I'm almost out of time. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Uh, do Bob Geldof now, just give me your money. <laughs> Thank you very much.
1: You. Okay, opportunity for four questions. Speed
2: of that hand got up there. Can I just ask has the project approached any local businesses? supermarkets to give the food or anything or are you just here for the money? First? I'm just here for the money. <laughs> uh,
6: no, we haven't approached anybody yet. Uh, I think we always try and find that we like to do maybe things ourselves and if we can raise fund, and that makes young people maybe more ownership. I think a lot of people see going to supermarkets as a form of begging and you know, I mean, the young people themselves maybe wouldn't feel comfortable with that. I know it's, we're sort of begging here now but it's a different thing because they don't yeah. know. This is investment, uh, whereas some of also a lot of local supermarkets are involved with giving to the food banks and stuff, so they may well see that as sort of a direct competition.
3: Will in the tape yourself, Joe? Well,
6: what was funny about that, even? <laughs> The simple answer is yes. <coughs> uh, I I actually am a trained cook facilitator, so. Uh, I will be doing the training myself, yes.
1: Thank you, Joe. Well done. So, right, we have the opportunity now to have a wee chat at your table about what you thought of the ideas, maybe how you're going to vote, because I think we have to go out and sort the desserts out. but we'll do the same again we'll call yous up table by table to go out and get your desserts and we might do it in reverse order this time round so good on you. back in a
0: next week on the Hollywell Testimony Series Derek Moore who's going to speak about his work with the London Dairy Bands Forum Derek is a member of the William King's Band
6: uh, the flowers was a week after the relief parade here in the city and Simon Mowbray, the conductor the church stood up at the before they Played the first thing, it says <clears throat> this first tune we're going to play. We played it for the first time last Saturday at the Apprentice Boys Parade, and it, it didn't even cause a ripple, you know, it didn't
2: cause a security worries. And all it was at the start, you know, how's it going to look? You know, bands coming and they crossing the guild hall to, you know, with bass drums and uniforms and stuff,
6: just didn't even materialize.
0: That's an episode then why don't you search for all our podcasts on our soundcloud.com page? Just search for Hollywell Trust. Or on Apple Podcasts, search for Hollywell Trust.
1: As part of it, on the night, there's a voting. And everybody has to vote for the, the groups that they want, they want, obviously. And when we were doing that, we were able to grab a few interviews with some of the people that were voting to get their oh, opinions right. on the night. So we're mm-hmm. going to hear a few of those now.
0: Voting for Jackie great. Because Jackie's product is the only one that is there no funding for. This Jackie's new project. What she's doing is so fundamental to our health and well-being and our children's health and well-being.
5: I voted for La Dolce Vida. Yeah, I was very impressed by their presentation. I very impressed by what they might do with
1: a small bit of money. How, how a small bit of money could make such a difference to uh, such a, a project which has potential way beyond this level of money.
2: I voted for La Dolce Vida, the art therapy project. A few reasons they work with both men and women. Um, I like the fact that it's therapeutic and I like the fact that it's someone in the group is working with all our members of the group and I think it's real positive development for people.
1: Uh, Lego Dairy. I liked the idea of sending children from the Protestant community, as well as the Catholic community, to go to Legoland for a childhood experience. Uh, A lot of the issues that were discussed tonight, they talked about problems that maybe we get later in life, I suppose, you know, and there are issues that we suffer from. But I believe that a lot of problems begin when you're very young, and I think if you're If you have more experience in life, then you definitely are better equipped to deal with issues later on in life.
2: Uh, First, I let Alcevita, because it's a brilliant organisation which I've used myself. So I feel passionate about what they do and uh, started off by a a person on our own who has, in a
0: year, just made it a brilliant success.
1: I voted for the one that was uh, looking about the chemicals that we're all exposed to because uh, I think it impacts on so many aspects of life and it's something that we just have to be more aware of okay everybody thank you for your patience we have tallied the votes but before we do no, I just have to thank a few people firstly need to thank each of the four pitchers who came along this evening it takes a lot of guts to stand in front of the room well done I'd like to thank each of you, your investors, for coming along here this evening as well. This has turned out brilliantly, a lot better than we ever had anticipated. We're doing it twice more. We'd love to see you back. Simple as that. So give yourselves a round of applause. I need to thank Becca Bohr from the Young Foundation, standing in the doorway here. Becca... (laughs) (laughs) Becca helped the groups prepare their pitches last week. Um, and she'll be doing it again for some of the future groups, so thank you very much Deveka Vega. <clears throat> and, of course, our Hollywell Trust team, who put a lot of hard work over the last week or so, or last few weeks, and particularly today, to get us ready to service this event. So to Roshin, Una, Lisa, Gemma, thank you very much. And Una, of course, I don't know if it says that already. Everybody who came along and put all the effort on to getting this ready, I think it paid off, and thank you very much. (laughs) So, lastly, and most importantly, our funders. This event's funded by the Ireland Funds. Um, It's a small amount of money. They only give us £3,000 for the whole project, and we've managed to make it stretch a wee bit, so we're doing this event three times. So, I'm not going to give the complete tally, I'm just going to give the winner this evening... And the winner this evening was La Dolce Vita Project.
4: Thank you, each and every one. Thank you so much. This means... Absolutely. just I can't get my words together here, and I'm usually good at talking. <laughs> but thank yous from the bottom of my heart. And I thank you, Annette Logue, sitting there at the back, who actually came up with a project idea. And who, <laughs> who, is, who is the lady that put her words on that canvas, and who is the lady that drew the picture and the artwork over the top. Thank you for letting the Shabita be a part of your journey. Thank you. Well
1: Thanks for listening to our Hollywell podcast special on the Hollywell Stew project. As mentioned earlier in the episode, we have two more Stew events coming up, one on the 14th of June and one on the 28th of June. Tickets are available online through hollywellstew.com or if you don't want to pay online, you can come to reception here at the Hollywell Building or just phone and let us know you're coming, and we'll reserve you a ticket. We'll be delighted to see you. Um, thanks, to Rasheen, for coming along today, for no to D Kern for production support, and of course to the funders of the Stew Project, uh, the Iron Funds. Okay, talk to you soon.
0: You can stay up to date with us on our social media pages on Facebook, look for The Hollywell Trust, and on Twitter, it's at Holwell